welcome back to the Nerdy Merc, where you will find all things comic book, culture, current events, and the like. This is Jeff, and I am the Nerdy Merc. Like the podcast, subscribe. If you don't find me on your favorite podcast host, please be patient with me and keep checking back, as I promise you it is coming soon, and make sure you leave a five-star review. So, cancel culture comes at Kirsty Alley. Of course, I am referring to the tweet she put out. says, I am voting for at real Donald Trump because he's not a politician. I voted for him four years ago for this reason and shall vote for him again for this reason. Last night, Kirstie Alley appeared uh, on Hannity's show and kind of talked about that a little bit. Let's give a listen. You should rot in hell. Um, <laughs> you don't have a brain. They've attacked your deeply held and personal religious beliefs. Um, <laughs> why? Why do you think it's that vicious? They really, you know, they always attack the same three things. That, you know, I'm a fat, irrelevant Scientologist. Her religion is neither here nor there. You can be a Scientologist, you can be Christian, Catholic, Buddhist, um, Muslim. It doesn't matter. Okay. But it is a common tactic used by those on the political left. And that is what's called an ad hominem attack. And that is means when you when you can't debate the or, or when you don't agree it pretty much boils down to when you don't agree with someone or you don't like the words that they say, then you attack their character. And it's such a common commonly used tactic these days that it's just become routine. They don't even try to debate the merits of your argument. They don't even try to debate the substance of your words. They just resort straight to attacking the characters, and that is because we have, as a society, lost the ability to have conversations. So, no one... like. Her quote was, I'm voting for at real Donald Trump because he's not a politician. I voted for him four years ago for this reason and shall vote for him again for this reason. No one, to, to my knowledge, stopped to ask her, why are you voting? Like, what do you mean by that? Like, she she pointed out that, that she had dozens or thousands of messages, something like that. Um, probably thousands. Um, where where they were saying, well, you know, you know what the definition of a politician is. You know the definition, you know. And, you know, rather than actually, de- rather than actually debating, you know, her on President Trump's accomplishments or why someone should or should not vote, they try to just argue about meaningless stuff like what the meaning of the word politician is. You know, when anyone who's anyone can tell, okay, look, she meant career politician. She meant like the people in the swamp. She meant like the Nancy Pelosi's of this world, the Chuck Schumer's of this world, to a degree, I might even say the Mitch McConnell's of this world, and so on and so forth. That's who she was talking about, and anyone who's being intellectually honest or rational knows that that is exactly who she was talking about. But what the political left tries to do, and all of the the, the sycophants in the echo chambers do, is they drag you down with, with menial and tangential side arguments. So they'll say, so she, she, Kirstie Alley obviously supports president Trump. Okay. Then they'll say, well, you're a Scientologist or you're irrelevant or you're fat. Um, you know, I'm using her words here, obviously, but that's, that is very common. I, I 100% believe that she has gotten a lot of messages like that because I've seen 
that type of tactic used in in my own life. Uh, they they argue, they bring up completely irrelevant things to the topic and argue it like it's the most important thing ever. And the echo chamber hops on. Yeah, yeah, she is fat. She is irrelevant. She is whatever the other thing. Oh, the Scientologist. And, and, and no one ever stops to ask why. Why does she support Donald Trump? You know, no one ever. It's, it's really sad that we've just gotten to this point in society where, where all we do is just accuse the other side of being idiots or fat or relevant Scientologists or you get the idea. The other day, I was having a conversation with a friend. It wasn't really so much of a conversation. Uh, it, was, it was text. And I was actually trying to promote the podcast. And this friend said, uh, do I appear to be, or am I the type of person that's in the comic books or right-wing podcast? And that got me thinking, like, am I really right-wing? And I'm not. I'm the same person that I was 20 years ago when I was, how old was I, 20? I was 21. Dang, oh my Lord. I hit 21 20 years ago. But I, I have the same, essentially the same political beliefs. Now, they have been modified a little bit as I've come to understand more historical context. I'm not, I, I will say that. I have become more of an originalist, but I've always been the, the type that, like, look, man, does the Constitution say this? Okay. And now you might be able to argue that, you know, contextualism uh, uh, or textualism, excuse me, textualism versus uh, originalism. But I've always been, well, the, the, the Constitution says this. And for the most part, I'm, this, I'm that same person. I haven't really changed. But 20 years ago, that was a very centrist attitude. I really didn't have a whole lot of views on abortion. I didn't have a whole lot of views on on gun ownership. I didn't have a whole lot of views on uh, what else? Oh, I can't think of another issue off the top of my head. But it was just, I was more along the lines of, man, you know, if I'm not bothering you, leave me alone. You know, if you're not bothering me, I'll leave you alone. I am still that same person. That's now called libertarian. <laughs> that I've come to understand in the last 20 years, 20 years ago, I didn't know what a libertarian was. But like, dude, you do you, let me do me. If my rights, or if if me uh, uh, doing my thing ex uh, infringes upon you doing your thing, well then whatever I'm doing is wrong. But as long as it doesn't, you know, I don't care. You could be next door smoking a, a pound of marijuana. I don't care. You could be... Um, shooting your guns uh, in your backyard uh, at some targets, you know, as long as you're doing it safely and, you know, you're not putting holes into my house. I don't care. I, and that's how I've been almost my entire life. But now, because I believe in liberty and freedom and, you know, the, the ability to to live your life how you want to, which I've always believed that, and which used to be, again, a very centric role, now I'm considered right-wing. So what changed? I haven't changed. The definition of the words has changed. And as I discussed in the last, uh, in the last podcast, that's very Orwellian. 
when you when you change the definition of words to paint certain types of people in a certain light and often a negative light and to make yourself appear pious and holy and I'm not talking literally or religiously I'm talking about you know how you make yourself appear to be you know for the good of the people you know as opposed to those people over there with their dangerous guns and their and their flags that are just offensive and when you do that, you're literally creating a segment of society that is intended to be looked down upon. It's the party and the proles all over again. Well, as I said last last episode, proud prole. You know what? If if a prole is free, I'd rather be a prole than a member of the party. And that's never changed. That's not going to change, no matter how much you change the definition of words. Cancel culture... It's a cancer. And I'm including that in the culture segment of this because, well, cancel culture. Our society has moved towards, you know what, let's, let's remove the thing that might offend somebody. We can't have anything offensive. We can't have, you know, and even facts, even facts are offensive at this point. And here's... Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I will not call her representative because she does not represent anybody, in my opinion. But here's her, in her own words, talking about facts over feelings. Let's take a listen. I think that there's a lot of people more concerned about being precisely, factually, and semantically correct than about being morally right. This, of course, is from the woman that introduced the Green New Deal, and when called out upon how much it's going to cost, this was, that was her answer. She's like, it doesn't really matter what it costs, because it's morally right. Well, no, facts are stubborn things. Facts don't stop because you choose to ignore them. It's Ayn Rand all over again. You can ignore reality, but you cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. And that's the truth. We in America do not have government by the majority. We have government by the majority who participate. All tyranny needs to gain a foothold is for people of good consciousness to remain silent. That is Thomas Jefferson. And he's absolutely right. When you have generations and generations and generations of people who ignore all the down-ballot elections and only really focus on the, the, the president, then you have socialists like Alexandria Ocasio, Ocasio-Cortez who make it into office, and she is gaining a lot of power. It should frighten you. Tony Katz last month, uh, full disclosure, I do listen to a lot of Tony Katz. I know he's under a little fire right now for a comment he made about Joe Biden. But that's just his style. Last month, he said, this is why socialism, communism, all these big government things fail. They fail because if taken to the nth degree, to their end place, eventually everybody relies on the state and nobody does anything because the state's going to take care of it. But if nobody's doing anything, how does the state have the dollars to take care of anything? So therefore, what they must uh, therefore, what they provide must, de- must be diminished, and you end up on rationed food, except... It's going to be you and me who's on ration food. It's going to be you and me that has the half a loaf of black bread in the fridge that we have to save for lunch tomorrow because there's nothing else to eat. People like Congresswoman uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the Nancy Pelosi's and the Chuck Schumer's and the Adam Schiff's 
and the Jeff Bezos and all of those people, guess what? They're going to be eating all the fresh fruit, all the fresh cheese, have the wine, and they're going to have the red meat. They're going to have all those things. They're going to have the ivory towers in which you and I will only ever get to see from a distance if they get their way. The sum of all is, if we would most truly enjoy the gift of heaven, let us become a virtuous people. Then shall we both deserve and enjoy it. While, on the other hand, if we are universally vicious and debauched in our manners, though the form of our constitution carries the face for the most exalted freedom, we shall, in reality, be the most abject slaves. Sam Adams. Point is, cancel culture is a cancer, and is really not the type of culture that I want to focus the most on, but it is a type of culture, so it is relevant. Moving on to some culture that is far more in line with what I want to talk about. The Indianapolis Museum of Art at Newfields, also commonly referred to as just Newfields, up on the northwest side of Indianapolis, has a new exhibit coming in June of 2021. Dr. Charles Venable. Uh, Venable, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, that's V-E-N-A-B-L-E, who is the director and chief executive officer at Newfield, said, it's sort of like going to an art exhibition where the paintings are dancers. You'll be able to see Van Gogh on a huge scale, and it will be coordinated to music. It's also what we've seen abroad in Paris, in Australia, in China, and Japan. The new way of looking at art really appeals to a broader group of people, and one of our big goals is to have a more diverse and broader audience. I believe you meant to say more broad. I'm not sure broader is a word, but I'm always in favor of more broads. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm not an English major, so he possibly did say it correctly. I'm not 100% sure. This was uh, uh, during an interview that he did with uh, Tony Katz on... It's posted on WIBC.com on October the 7th. And if I go to discovernewfields.org uh, backslash loom, that's um, N-E-W-F-I-E-L-D-S dot org backslash L-U-M-E, I get the kind of an idea of what's going on in this really, really awesome exhibit. It looks like a 100% submersive experience. I got to say, I'm looking forward to this thing. There's supposedly 3,000 square, or excuse me, not 3,000, 30,000 square feet. It's the entire fourth floor, which I believe is the upper floor. And and the it's 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 just phenomenal. I suggest you go there, go to that website, discovernewfields.org backslash loom. Get a few, get a look at it yourself, and unfortunately, all you get is the is the is the visual. From what I understand, well, I mean, according to what I just read in the article, there's an audio component to it as well. And the interview that Tony Katz did that I heard over the radio about you know earlier this month talked about there's an olfactory they they, they tease your they tease your sense of smell. So not only are you just getting bombarded and your senses just overstimulated um, with 
at least your eyesight overstimulated. You're also hearing, I and I and I can't imagine what they're playing. I'm, I imagine some sort of soft soothing flutes or or wind. Or, or, I don't know. I'm just imagining here. But they also there's a smell component of it as well, and that's just crazy. So if you go to this website and go look at it, it, it kind of makes me think of if you were if you were lucky enough to see the movie Avatar, especially in 3D. In the IMAX theater, that's what it makes me think of. There was just, there was just super stimulation of of your sight, and I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I, I guess I'm repeating myself about it now. But anyway, go check it out. Go to the website, and 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 you'll see what I'm talking about. Well, unfortunately, we have reached the end of this segment. I am the Nerdy Merc. If you have any questions, comments, or complaints, well, just keep them to yourself. Nah, I'm just kidding. Give me a call, 317-978-NERD. That's 317-978-6373. Or go find me on social media, The Nerdy Merc, on, on Facebook and YouTube, at Nerdy Merc on Twitter and Parlor and Nerdy Merc 79 on Instagram. I look forward to hearing from you and talking to you. Let me know if you like the content. Make sure you... Make sure you subscribe, you like, you do all the things, and above all, share. If you like what I'm saying, you like my content, you like what I'm doing, I don't grow unless you share. Get your friends to listen, get your parents to listen, get your kids to listen, as long as eh, I keep it about PG-13. I try to, uh, so far anyway. And I kind of want to stay there. So yeah, make sure make sure you got everybody you know listening. That's how I grow, that's how I build my empire, and the more people listen, the more content I get to put out. So make sure you go do all those things and stick around for the next segment. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.